so confused, grasping for something solid to hold on to. And then just as he had disappeared from the meal on the road, he appears miraculously amongst them and greets them with familiar words. Peace be with you. These words are both a familiar greeting and they are a radical invitation. And the Jewish word shalom was shalom, this, the Hebrew word for peace, which would have been this greeting. Um, and the Jewish word world, shalom was and still is a really common greeting. The word shalom, it, however, is more than just, hey, hello. It's, it's more than this, just that. It is rich in its meaning and it had particular implications for the people of Israel's understanding of the Messiah. When we talk about peace in English, we generally mean the absence of conflict. And we apply that absence of conflict to both an internal state that we might feel in ourselves, a sense of contentment or peace, and we also apply it to external situations, peace between people or nations. And the Jewish understanding, while similar to this, is also different. In Judaic thought, shalom refers to a state of completeness, wholeness. But in the Hebrew scriptures, it's used to describe a perfect stone with no cracks or breaks in it. It's used to describe a completed wall with no gaps, no places where someone could break through. It's also used to describe a flock of sheep where none are missing. All these things are described as being in a state of shalom, of completeness. We also find it used when talking about people's health and well-being and about relationships with others. When anything falls out of alignment with how it should be, there is a loss of shalom. And to bring shalom is to make something complete, to restore it again to how it should be, to restore what is broken to wholeness. Whether it's the return of a lost sheep, the repairing of a gap in a wall, or making amends with a friend who has been wronged, shalom signifies restoration. Shalom is also used as a legal term in the books of law to refer to what we might term as restorative justice. When someone's property is damaged, they are to the, the offender is to um, seek and bring about shalom by restoring what's been lost or broken. And just as in English, it's also used to describe when rival kingdoms make peace with one another. But shalom isn't fulfilled simply by the absence of conflict. Kingdoms that make shalom with one another also start to share resources with one another. They start to work together. 
there is a relationship that has been repaired. The ideal king or ruler in Jewish thought was someone who would work to bring about this kind of shalom to all peoples. And it is this kind of ruler that the prophet Isaiah, who we've also heard from this evening, envisions when he talks about a prince of peace who would bring unending shalom to earth. When Jesus greets the disciples, peace be with you, shalom, he is announcing the arrival of something better and inviting them to share in it. Now, the disciples are understandably, I don't know about you, but if someone appears out of nowhere in a room through walls, I'd be a little freaked. Um, so understandably, they're a little puzzled, a little frightened um, by Jesus' sudden appearance in the room. And Jesus doesn't ask them why they are frightened. Um, perhaps that's obvious to him also. Uh, but he does ask, why are you stirred up with questions and debates about who I am? And he responds by showing himself to be solid, to be real, to be flesh, and also by opening up the scriptures. Jesus makes it clear that he's not a resurrected corpse, so we're not talking zombie, which is reassuring. Um, because I don't like those shows, they disturb me. <laughs> but he is something else entirely. He may somehow pass through walls, but he is more solid and real than anything they have experienced. His very presence is shalom. It is complete. It is whole. And he invites them to see. The word used pretty much means to like to study, to stare at in a prolonged way. Um, and he invites them to touch, to feel the edges of his body and his wounds. And then he asks something really ordinary to share. But this revealing of his physical body alone is not enough to answer all of their questions. He begins to open up the scriptures for them. Jesus reveals how this story, his story, is part of this whole story of salvation, the story of God's shalom coming to earth, bringing peace and restoration to everyone. Jesus is the Prince of Peace that Isaiah spoke of. But his reign would look very different from what the disciples had imagined. Jesus reveals a revolutionary understanding of what it meant to rule not through power and control, but suffering, service, and sacrifice. And this is how God's shalom would be realized on earth. It seems that what was so hard for the disciples to understand remains difficult 
for us to understand and live out still. All we have to do is look around and see what is happening in the church to know. People are drawn to power in all the worst ways. Throughout Luke's gospel, repentance, acknowledging and turning away from actions that damage the shalom of ourselves, of others, of the world around us, is framed as the right way to respond to Jesus' offer of salvation. And this never stops being true. God's salvation is offered to us new every morning, every moment. And in every moment, we are invited to respond again. Like all creation, we are being made whole, brought into shalom daily. We come before God in humility daily, not because God wants us to live in constant shame or guilt or fear, but from a place of forgiveness and peace, shalom, wholeness. Forgiveness is not a get-out-of-jail-free card that exempts us from seeking shalom, making reconciliation with others. Seeking shalom means owning our mistakes without being owned by them. This is the life we are invited to taste and share. This is the way of the cross. And it is not an easy path to walk. It would be easy to spend a lot of time pointing the finger at those other people but it's not easy to walk the way of the cross for any of us. At the end of this encounter, Jesus makes a promise to the disciples to empower them to become the seeds of shalom in the world, which is amazing. What a gift. We are to become a part of God's work, bringing wholeness and reconciliation. It is a work we don't do alone, but together, empowered by the Spirit. I, I have in my lifetime, in my, I won't count them now, many years of, of um, attempting to follow Jesus to the best of my ability, experienced uh, people praying for the Holy Spirit's empowerment as a kind of supernatural thrill-seeking. Um, and when I was uh, in my 20s, there was, there was a lot of that um, going on in, in many of the circles that, that I was a part of. And I was quite a young, young Christian. I came to faith in my very late teens. Um, my almost not teens anymore, and uh, it was something I, I I really struggled with even then. Um, scripture teaches us that the work of the Spirit is to grow us in love 
joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, and gentleness. These are the fruits of the Spirit at work in us, not supernatural fruits, actually. Which is not to say that miracles are not possible, but the work of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, gentleness, these things. The real work of the Holy Spirit dismantles our egos and moves us toward one another. It brings healing and reconciliation. It makes solid what seems impossible, intangible. It is shalom in us and among us. At the very beginning of our Lent journey, you can think all the way back to the beginning, about Tokers and the series, we received ashes marked on our foreheads on Ash Wednesday in the shape of cross. And those ashes were a reminder of our mortality, of our imperfection. We welcomed them not to revel in our unworthiness, but that we would humbly accept the shalom offered to us through Christ. Now, this evening, as we really get to the end of this Easter, Easter journey, I want to invite you to receive not ashes, but anointing oil. So communion is already on tables, um, but all amongst the, the communion elements, you'll find either a little bottle or a little flat bottle um, of it's either anointing balm or anointing oil um, that's there. So if you're here at the depot, you'll find those things on your tables. If you're wishing to go with us from home, then you can use any kind of essential oil if you want to join us in this, um, or even ordinary cooking oil is totally fine. But if it's like thin oil, like canola oil, just get a teeny bit because it's very pleasant and you'll end up with too much. I may be speaking from personal experience. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just just you just need the tiniest bit. What what we're going to do is we're going to take a couple of minutes to sit in silence. So if you're at home, you can do that too along with us. Um, we are going to spend a couple of minutes in quiet reflection, and this is a, an opportunity for us to just sit humbly with God. Maybe there are questions that you need to bring to God tonight. Maybe there is a confession that you need to make. Maybe you just need to sit and know that God's presence is with you right now in this moment. You can use the time as you need to. It is between you and God. And then when you're ready, if you dip into the, to the anointing oil, whatever it is that you have, just mark on your forehead the sign of the cross as a symbol of your acceptance of God's shalom offered to us through Jesus. 
Um, so for those of you who are here at the depot, just ask that you sanitise first so that we are careful not to um, share our germs with one another. Um, if you are with uh, family or people who are kind of part of your bubble, however that exists, um, you are welcome to do this for one another if you're comfortable with that, or you can do it for yourself. Either way, that's cool, so it's up to you. But we're going to take a couple of minutes now just to sit and quietness, and then once we've done that, we'll move into a time of sharing communion together. So let's just sit. We thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you receive us in your shalom. Amen.